This is Scientific American's 60 Second Science. I'm Jeff Delvisio. Today we're going to do something completely different. We're going to offer you a break from the pandemic and politics by taking you on a three-part sound journey to the Amazon. We'll eavesdrop on some incredible creatures in the world's largest rainforest. Think of it as a soundscape turned into a sound escape. Today, part one, into the river. Our guide for this audio trip is Tim Weaver. Tim is a professor of emergent digital practices and a multimedia and sound artist at the University of Denver. Thanks for joining us, Tim. Thanks, Jeff, for that intro. We're going to be listening to some far-reaching soundscape ecologies today from uh, research that I've been conducting uh, off of the main stem of the Amazon and on the Peruvian border with Brazil. Tim, could we start out by talking a little bit about what you do? Tell us about soundscape ecology. One way of looking at ecological stability or what's happening in the dynamics of ecologies is looking at the the sound of spaces or the acoustic ecology. It's a newer area uh, in terms of looking at exchange of information in ecologies and the diversity. Uh, and with recording technology, there's amazing ways to look at this. And so um, we're looking at everything from the resonances of forests. So how does a forest that's been cut sound and how does sound reflected into it to a native forest that uh, still has its native um, and somewhat intact primary forest communication between species. So bioacoustics is a big piece of it, as well as the resonance of the forest, how things reflect. And the tools that we use are everything from recording in uh, three-dimensional sound with multiple uh, new innovative multiple microphone devices. Uh, so we can uh, record somewhat three-dimensionally with the microphone arrays to using hydrophones underwater and just standard stereo microphones that we can deploy. Uh, and then also some that we can schedule and leave out there for up to a month and go back and get them and bring them back in and then analyze the uh, soundscapes and the communication going on uh, with artificial intelligence sometimes. So we're, uh, we're using all those tools in, in our research. Now let's talk about some of that research specifically into the Pink River Dolphin. The Pink River Dolphin is now endangered. I guess you had a pretty hard time finding them, right, Tim? So this is about 140 kilometers upriver on the main stem of the Amazon in a side tributary. This it was recorded this same time of year uh, that, this, that Jeff and I are having a conversation in uh, October, November. And the Amazon River is rising then from the runoff from the... Uh, from the Andes, so there's a, a lull in it, so it's coming up. And so what that means is there's uh, migratory catfish coming all the way from the mouth of the Amazon all the way up to this interface with the uh, Andes and uh, where the upper Amazon drops in and they're laying their eggs there. It's one of the, lar the longest migrations of fish in the world. And with that, um, Pink river dolphins want to go in there, and it's a great time to go in and in pods or maybe with their their uh, young and slurp up these catfish eggs or other types of fish. The interesting thing about the uh, pink river dolphins is they then go into the forest to hunt, just kind of wide open. And with that, they've evolved uh, from being um, toothed whales. When the Andes rose up, they were trapped in the Amazon. 
and evolved in their obligate fresh water. They're not salt water at all. And they can also flex their bodies almost in half to get around trees and things like that. They're different than uh, ocean dolphins in that their their beaks are longer and then they have small cilia or small things to feel on the end of their their beaks. And it's a very low visibility environment. So they're communicating by echolocation. A drowned Amazon forest is a difficult place for them to move. So how did you get into position to capture them on tape? We go in with small boats and the water hyacinths and everything being pushed down the river, these tributaries that you got to hack your way through it. Once you get into the Oxbow Lakes, then uh, which change every year, the the dolphins can operate in there really well. And um, they tend to hang out in there as the water comes up. And then the water will rise 20 to 30 feet to submerge the forest. And then they can go into the forest and they come out. And I've been down there multiple seasons to record and over four different times of field recording down there. Um, I've got 10 seconds of recording 30 seconds of recording in the last time when it was just the right moment where uh, they're going in to start to hunt in these fish nests. Um, I got five hours of recording. So what are we actually hearing when we listen to the audio? So there's a mixture of sounds, and the, these aren't surface sounds. They're, uh, it's recorded with a hydrophone. On the surface, you're hearing the dolphins and a lot of people that have seen dolphins, they when they come up for air, because they are mammals, you'll hear the blow happen. But when they go uh, subsurface, then they're communicating in this whole array of more ultrasonic sounds. So we're catching the edge of that. But there's also sound of croaking of an Amazonian freshwater fish are not well characterized. That should be catfish that we're hearing. So you're hearing this kind of mixture of croaking of these fish and then communication of the dolphins to pinpoint where there's really good things to eat. You said at the beginning there are very endangered species. Do you have a feeling that making these recordings is important because maybe as a species they might not exist in the future? The pressure that's going on right now is kind of astounding, and it's happening in all the the Amazonian uh, in the Amazon basin with the countries there. So, in Brazil, Peru, Colombia, uh, Venezuela, and then all the way down into Bolivia as well. There's a lot of colonists that have gone down to the Amazon basin because they're landless and they want to farm catfish because there's a big market for them. So, the biggest piece of protein to put in that aquaculture is pink river dolphins. So they'll shoot them or hack them up into bits and raise catfish, then send them out to an export market, maybe in Colombia or something like that. And um, that's happening all over the Amazon basin right now. It's kind of horrific. And you see these beautiful animals and they, you know, you can see them surface and they, you know, it's pretty remote down there. It's hard to enforce. Uh, it's definitely illegal in Peru to, killing a, a pink river dolphin, but it happens. So we're trying to raise consciousness with these recordings and then bring this into new works, creative works and scientific works to uh, start to document that. Well, let's stand back and let the dolphins speak for themselves. Thank <laughs> you. 
Thank you, Tim, for sharing your work with us on the 60 Second Science podcast. Thank you, Jeff, and I hope that uh, everybody can gain a perspective of the sounds around us and, and also the incredible possibilities for listening and the diversity of acoustic ecologies on our planet. And thank you to all the listeners for taking this trip with us. Make sure to join us for the next episode of this Amazon Sound Escape, coming soon to the podcast. In the next episode, we'll lose ourselves just a little inside the dark acoustic embrace of the rainforest night. <laughs>